You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... And it chipped it away again! Toby Flood. God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that! Suck it off! Shut the goodness off! What a yoga! <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Waste High Rugby Pod. The podcast that no one asked for, but you're going to get it anyway. I'm here this week with Tom and Adam. And we're here to talk about pretty bumper weekend of rugby. Just before I start, we wanted to just say thank you to Eric for for the special bonus pod we just did. If you haven't seen that, go and go and find it. Talking to Eric, the new national captain in Norway. Um, that was a that was a really good pod, and we're looking forward to to seeing how you boys go with Eric at the helm this year. We actually put a post out a questionnaire out on Instagram to see. Uh, who people thought was going to be the next captain of Norway. Jonesy, you got a couple, actually. You got a couple of votes, but I think the most popular vote was people saying, not Tom. How do you feel about that, Tom? <laughs> Proud. Proud <laughs> that people don't see me as a leader because I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> so, yeah, there's been a pretty big weekend of, of, of rugby in Norway this weekend. The league season wrapped up. So we had the two two games from the league season. We had Lillestrøm versus Haugesund in Lillestrøm, and we had the Oslo, the mighty Oslo Capitals versus Sandnes in Portugal. Actually, um, the Lillestrøm game finished twenty two twelve to Lillestrøm. We've got a small match report. It seemed like there was a pretty um, pretty even game until our our best mate Tom, the legend of the pod, Stefan, got another red card, uh, and then the uh, and then the game swung in in Lillestrøm's favour. So. October 7th, the, the league season's now finished, so we know what the final is. October 7th, the final is going to be Lillestrøm versus Haugesund, the replay of that match, in Sandnes. So that's going to be the final of the league season. October 7th, if you're around Sandnes, get down to that. It's going to be a cracker of a game. Let's see if Stefan can stay on. That'll be the. Uh, that's what we need to know. If Stefan can stay on the pitch in that game, that's what we want. The other league game was a game I played in, actually. The Capitals versus Sandnes. In, in Porsche Grand. Sadness won that one. Um, 44-32, I think. 43-32, something like that. It was a pretty high-scoring game. Game was Capitals plus a couple of us lads from Christian Sand. Christian Sand making a debut in the big leagues in Norway. And then uh, and then some kids from Farsund who are absolute psychopaths. So uh, that was a really, really good game, actually, to, to be involved in. And then Trondheim Sagan. Sagan went up to Trondheim and... The score was 17-0, I think, was the score in, in that one. So just, yeah, a really quick roundup of of the action in, in Norwegian rugby this week. You guys got any kind of comments on on those on those games? I have. I heard a vicious, vicious rumour that a certain person got scouted for the Norwegian national team in rugby league this weekend. Maybe. Someone was begged. Someone was begged to play for Norway <laughs> rugby league. Who's this? Who's this? Uh, um, so yeah, I'm I'm actually much better at rugby league than I am at rugby union. I'm fucking cack at rugby union, but I'm actually quite I'm actually decent at league. So um, yeah, we played. There's a lad, a lad called um, I played halfback this weekend, and the the guy Trevor, you know Trevor, he's he's a he's an older bloke, and he seems to just play every sport for any team every week. He's brilliant. Have you have you come across him, Adam and Tom? I've heard of it. Is this Trevor Neal? Yeah, Trevor. Yeah. So um, he was playing. 
at the weekend and uh class class bloke loves a loves a swinging arm which i uh which i can appreciate um and yeah so he, he messages me after the game and he goes are you are you eligible for norway i'm like uh next year i will be he goes all right i'll i'll give you the i was doing some scouting for the for the national camp and i'll give you the coach will be in touch with you soon i was like oh, okay and i told my missus and she was like you're not doing it you're not playing national rugby league you're not doing it i was like okay we'll see i might go to the camp and just see what see what happens <laughs> yeah but i mean a lot of people can't see you at the moment we're obviously on a video chat and you do look like something that come out of that tina turner rugby league video you know uh, <laughs> you've got you got the ta- you got the tash going on you, you're looking you're looking very very fresh you're looking straight out of the 80s 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 fitness there jack Bring up. yeah there you go mate yeah i'm seeing in the gym today what do you think it was that, that that turned Trevor's eye? Then what? What you know? Don't worry about being arrogant or anything. But what do you think it is that you did that stuck out? I reckon it was the out of the out of the back offload that led to a try. Oh, nice! What a no look out the back. A no looker. I did one. They kicked it off. To, they kicked it off. So I, I sprang and got the ball and using a tom tomism, sprang and got the ball, handed a bloke off. Just did a normal offload to one of the one of the other lads. He ran off and then I took the ball again and then I flicked it out of the back. I'm pretty sure it went forward, but doesn't matter. I got absolutely leveled while I was flicking it out the back and then I got up. And as I got up, the guy I flicked it to was just running through to score a try. And I was like, oh, decent that. I'll never do that again. <laughs> no, don't say that. You'll do that for Norway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor might be listening. He'll, he'll, I'm he'll, going to do that for Norway when we play Australia in the uh, in the next Rugby World Cup. You should, if Trevor's listening, this is what he does week in week out. That was he's got more in his arsenal to come. He's got yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, good on you, mate. That's fucking great news. No, it was class. It was class game, mate. Rugby league is so much fun. It is so much fun. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely knackering, but it's so much fun. Nice. Well, I was I was thinking you, you said that the final of the leagues and we played in Sandnets, yeah, yeah. So I, I was I'll, I'll put my hand up. I can go and have a look, and I'll do. Maybe we can do a live pod from there. And I'll, if if it is that Stefan gets sent off, I'll be there to first interview him and record it and play <laughs> on the pod. How do you feel, Stefan? Uh, yeah, that, that'd be that'd be quite funny actually. But, uh, yeah, good I reckon stuff. we should have a. I reckon we should have a a bet on on who which minute he gets sent off, and uh, have like a sweepstake on which minute he gets sent off, and the winner gets a prize. Right, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was a good game. The lads in Farson, I was so impressed by them. I turned up and uh, I knew they were they were playing, and they're a they're a rugby league team, but they're not in the they're not in the actual league now. But they've got a really good kind of core group of youth players. Um, and I turned up, and this kid walks out of the changing room, and he's about. 50 kilos soaking wet he was tiny and i thought oh my god we're gonna get absolutely battered here and then i walked outside and all the kids are out there and they were yeah between 15 and 17 but they played so well they're absolute psychos all of them all of them were just nuts it was brilliant to see um and i hope they might be in the league next year i hope they are because um they're gonna be a really good team they're gonna be a really good team there's some class players in there for both union and league, I think there'll be some absolute class players coming out fast and soon. Yeah, fast and uh, yeah, there's good things happening in fast and I think because we've been down a couple of times with with our youth, um, and I think they're just starting to get the men's team back up and running again because there was a team down there, 
And every every year they used to have what they called the Lister League because Lister is a place near Falson where they where they train and and play and stuff. And it was always really good fun, really good pitch indoors. And uh, there's a guy named Mikel, I think he's he's heading that up with Miriam, and they're doing a really good job. They were just they've got a core cool group of people who are just like really into rugby and just like you know you ble- they bleed for it. You know what I mean? So good, big up to Falson for for what they're doing, and hopefully yeah, another team uh, entering in the ranks awesome yeah it's brilliant and sunness as well i haven't i've never played against them i haven't chatted to any of those boys but they uh they're a good group of lads they didn't like you adam they didn't they didn't say nice things about you but apart from that um they yeah they're a really good group of lads actually and uh and it was really good to play to play with them and hopefully we'll get we can get them on the pod as well to talk about sunness because they've been going for quite a while and they're doing seems to be doing really well they traveled really well to this game as well which is which was great to see yeah, our girls have just started training with Sanders girls actually to team up, uh, which is which is quite nice. So we're having a bit of contact with Sanders, but uh, yeah, it'd be good to get we get get somebody from Sanders on there. Maybe Kimmy, Kimmy's a he's a, he's a good lad. He's got some good patter. Um, so yeah, if he's if he's interested, get him on because he's got some stories. Yeah, the only thing was um, God, I got drug tested obviously because I played sick and I. Uh... And I looked like I should get drug tested. It was it was Nils, who's an absolute machine. I don't know if any of you met Nils. He looks like he should definitely get drug tested. And then Martin, who should definitely get drug tested. And then me. So they... Uh, and it took an hour and a half from to get drug tested. It was so annoying. And they had to... You, you piss and you have to piss 90 mil. So they get you in the room after the game when you dehydrated anyway. And you chug loads of water. And then you have to piss 90 mil. And because San Ness drove, had to go further back, they had a six-hour drive back. All the Lowe's lads went first, which is fair enough. So I had to wait to to do the drug testing. And I went in and I, and I did my did my go and I pissed as much as I could. And I got 80 milliliters. 80. So I had to... <laughs> so I had to go back and chug more water... And then about 10 minutes later, I went in again and I was like, I just need to try and squeeze as much piss out as I can just to, so I can go home. Like, I just wanted to go home. Everyone else had left by this time. And uh, I got 10 mil exactly. So I got 90 mil exactly on, on the dot, um, which was which was all right. But it was, yeah, I would have been so, I would have been raging if they, if they would have said, yeah, that's 89, you need to go back. Because it seems like that's the kind of thing they would do. Uh, but yeah, it was um, it was interesting actually. I um, I talked to the bloke. I don't know if you've experienced this, Adam, um, but I know Tom Tom has as well. It seems like we get tested a lot in rugby. Um, I don't know if you've if you've experienced that, but I was talking to the bloke actually, and he said the reason why we get tested is because there's so few teams. Um, they have a certain amount of tests they need to do a year from the world the world doping. Agency people say there's a cert- they set them a certain amount of tests, whether it's ten or I don't know. But because there's so few teams and now so few games, because we cut the season in half, seems like we get tested way more just because there's not that many to choose from. So uh, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I was I wouldn't kick it off. But I was like, why do we need to do, like we get tested all the time? Why do we need to do this? And he basically explained that to me, which I uh, kind of thought that was fair enough, really. Yeah, no, it's it's a weird experience as well having someone watch watch pee come out of your bell end as well. It's always a bit off putting. Yeah, yeah. the bloke yeah. told me to 
he told me to sit down on the toilet. He said, oh, sit down. It's easier if you sit down. And I was like, this is really strange. I get stage fright anyway at the best of times. I don't, And this bloke, you know, tell him about how I'm pissed. Yeah, last time I was in the toilet and a man asked me to drop my pants and sit down because it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> don't think I ever saw my uncle again. But anyway. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, the anti-doping, I understand. I mean, there's a as a percentage and ratio we probably get uh we probably get more tests on a, a amount of volume sort of thing but uh this is just more important like why people should you know be aware of what what substances aren't because i know when we were playing national team it's a big thing there because uh, there's some pre-workouts for instance which have got some banned substances in which can mm-hmm. you can buy some from normal stores here and stuff like that so you have to be very very careful about what you you're right. They were even advising us like not to use certain protein shakes and stuff like that because they can have some certain bad substances, some certain like caffeine pills and stuff like that. So yeah, you have to be a bit careful. I mean, uh, of, of, what, of what you what what you're taking and stuff. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, just having that awareness and making sure you know what, what it is and you, you know you're not going to go wrong really. Yeah, but I mean, it was great to be back. Great to be back and and playing week after I came back from my honeymoon. So I was blowing a bit at the end of the game, but. Um... It was good. No, it was a good game. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Shame we, uh, again, shame we couldn't play you this weekend, but, you know, meant I could go show my skills off in a different code rather than uh, rather than Union. But yeah. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't have been able to have shone in that game anyway, so it's good on you, mate. Nah, I don't know. But on the bench, mate, I would have been sitting on the bench all game, so that would have been right. Splinters in your ass for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that brings us on to the games that are coming up next week. Blinden are travelling up to Bergen for a big game. I think whoever wins that game will be in the third, fourth playoff. And whoever loses, I think, will probably be propping up the table. So that's a really, really big game. Bergen have come on leaps and bounds this year um, compared to what they were last year. So that'll be a really good game, I think. And then you boys are off to Trondheim. Yeah, that's right. But just going back, I don't think I think Blue Bergen have only played one game, haven't they? Have they? Oh, they yeah. played Sarg. Yeah, they already played Sarg. No, they played you and they've only played us. Yeah, so I think. Oh right, okay. In, yeah, they're still. Oh, in so the they're still in the hunt. All oh, right, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, and I'll, I'll tell you now, is they are they are looking very good. Um, you know, this this score against us didn't reflect like how good they actually played. I think with the last twenty minutes, we kind of run. Anyway, we've talked about that. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we're off up to Trondheim this weekend. Um. I've, I've said to you guys before, Trondheim's is, is notoriously um, and famously a hard, a hard, hard uh, fixture for us because it's quite expensive to travel up there. But uh, we're traveling with relatively light compared to what we normally are. But uh, one thing that spurs us on most of the time is it's going to be an awesome social. Stevie from Trondheim's already booked us a, a place at the the nightclub for the social after watching the game in the three lines. So yeah, it should be should be good tour. Most most guys are going in. On Saturday and uh, Saturday morning, uh, we've got an early kickoff as well. It's twelve thirty kickoff because the ref needs to get away. Uh, I'm actually staying with the captain of Trondheim on Friday because everyone else uh, got tickets on the Saturday morning but didn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> so I'm literally travelling up on my own. But uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, we're playing on Astro, I've been told. Um, but yeah, Trondheim have come on leaps and bounds as well. Uh, I've seen some of the players that they've they've got come in. Um, it's never an easy fixture at Trondheim at all by any stretch of imagination. Um, so yeah, looking look, but looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. yeah. So you've you've got again you've got um, 
the, the age old thing of, of struggling to fill an away fixture. I was just thinking the other day, we, we talked about subs in professional rugby and how, you know, these massive squads of and huge men like running into each other and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I was just wondering what you, and you said, Adam, that up to a certain level in England, you only get three subs. Mm. Do you think that would be something that we could look at in Norway to kind of try and even the playing fields out in terms of, you know, if you turn up to an away game with 16 or 17 and the other the other team's got 23 boys, yeah. it's kind of, it's pretty unfair, isn't it, really? Um, I, I wonder what you guys think of maybe reducing the amount of the, the match day squad and, and if that could help with... with oh, I, yeah, team. no, this is something which I've talked about before and we kind of do with the sevens, which I think could translate into the 15s. My opinion would be you can have up to 23 if you want. And you can make eight subs. But if you've only got 18, for example, I still think you should be able to make eight subs. You right, I mean? yeah. So you can have two people come off, two people go on, but not make any more than eight eight exchanges. Yeah. Uh, because then that way that, that way no one's hindered. And I think that would uh, would would aid the game as well. I mean, I know, for instance, like we, we uh, in the past where we, we've had like Bonheim come down to us and they've only had like 12 players. Like last season, we gave them four players so that they had a full team and a, and a sub. Uh, and we gave him some decent players as well. Um, right, you didn't yeah. just give him the bin juice. No, no, we gave him Christopher Borsheim, who's got over f- 57 caps for Norway. We gave him this gun Frenchie. Yeah, no, anyway, well, my, my, my point is, I think um, I think it's all, it's all down to the end of the, both teams talking to each other and just having that open communication because everyone wants a good game. No one wants a game where, you know, if they're coming down with 12 players, oh, a tough luck, we're just going to, you know, run in 75 points against you and, yeah, it's your fault. You know, we want to try and make it as competitive as possible because it's, it's that's what's best for everyone to develop the game. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so I'm trying to get as many cliches in the can, Jack. Yeah, that was one. The cliche counters started on one. Great, great. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, there, there's there, there's there's definitely some scope for improvement there. Two cliches. Please <laughs> get this on a tally, Adam Jonesy. I was. Talked to my missus and she was saying, you know, Jonesy loves a cliche, doesn't he? He loves a cliche. And I was listening back and I went, bloody hell, he does. He loves a cliche. So I reckon we we need to try and get a noise or something whenever Jonesy says a cliche and we get like a cliche counter up. He, has to, he gets a fine every time he says a cliche. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm keen. I'm keen. Like, what, what, what could the sound be? Like a big fart or something like that? Like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's do it. What yeah, do you think, I've... Tom? What do you think, Tom? Sort a soundboard out, mate. What the sound? I don't care. I don't listen to what he says anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Poor men, fellas. But yeah, so um, no rugby in Norway is going to going to carry on this weekend. There's going to be some some tasty games, and we'll get we'll get match reports from people. And uh, Adam, don't eat whatever he serves you for dinner on Friday. Don't eat it, mate. Roger, good tip. Get food poisoning. Just grab a, grab a kebab or, or a pot noodle or something. Do you know you're talking how hard that's going to be if someone offers me food and I say no? That's not happening until eight. Some fresh is on. Um, right. So that's Norway done. Let's move on to the secondary competition, which is the World Cup. And uh, I think there's only. I think there's only one place to start, isn't there? 
South Africa, Romania. No, I'm just joking. Um, Fiji, Australia, it's got to be, isn't it? What a game. Yeah, totally agree. It was a great game. Great game to watch. The yeah. Fijians are just something else, aren't they? You're going to call them uh, powerful athletes like everyone else does. Adam, going to call them the Fly Fijians. <laughs> we all just sat on tenterhooks waiting for him to <laughs> call him his cliche. Now, how did you um, how did you think that game went? Me or Adam? You, Tom. That, you haven't seen me. Been through for a while. Yeah, you, Tom. Thought it went how so I expected it to go. Fiji won. Yeah, um, Australia just looked rubbish in general. Fiji yeah, looked great Fiji looked really good. I think it helps when you have. Oh, what's his name? I just forgot his name. Tuisova. Tuisova, isn't it? Who played there? Yeah. Uh, in the centres, that helps. That's a bit of a cheat code. I think I think England, if we meet Fiji, I think we're going to be in trouble if you stay at inside centre and we have George Ford defending in the 10 channel. You can see he's giving away a lot, a lot of metres there because I don't know how you stop him. If anything, I think they, if anything, I think Fiji underused him. Like when he's just making that amount of metres every time he gets the ball, why pass it behind his back? Seems like a bit of a waste. Just pat it to him. Like and then when it's through anyway. And then when it and then when it doesn't go to him, you give it to the other guy, Nathalevu, who's as powerful and as good. It's just frightening, isn't it? They're just better. They're just better than you. Like one on one, they're just better than you. Like there's not really a lot you can do, really, is there? When someone's just one on one better than you and they can just win on win against you one on one, it's it's skill, I guess, would be my point. I think they're just more, they're athletic, but like, I don't think, I think their athleticism's different. Like, it's much more side to side athleticism. Like, they're not just muscular and then big and strong. They're also incredibly, like, good at, like, lateral movement as well. Whereas I feel like a lot of, like, their England athletes like Ben Earl and players like that, they're not nowhere near that ability to stop, start, dodge, go side to side compared to, say, like the top athletes from Fiji. They just seem more like 360 or whatever. Like they can just change angle. They can change, can balance on one foot. They can do so much more, like, movement-wise than our players seem to be able to do. I don't where's think it's that, just power. Where's that come from? Probably because of how they grow up playing the game. Like, they're always dodging each other, aren't they? Like, in England, we're growing up, like, run forwards fast and hard. I don't think they're taught to run forwards fast and hard. I think they're probably... They're just playing. It's a bit like South American footballers. They all have great technique and touch because they just play football all the time. They don't worry about everything else. They just play. Whereas I feel like when we're young, we're not taught to just play in the same way that I think the difference might be that we play a lot of competitive rugby and we're always it's always organised and it's always trained. So we're always being judged when we grow up. So like I can't remember ever just randomly playing a bit of rugby on the street, ever. Or 
I've never done that. Like it was either at rookie training where you have an adult watching you and check and then whatever teaching you and then you play a game and it's like they can say as much as they want like just go out and have fun and then at halftime you're coming it's like i want you to have fun but i want you to be disciplined and i want you to run forward hard near yeah. warm up style but yeah. like every time you like you go out you're like oh, i'm gonna have fun today i was gonna try this and half time comes you're seven points down it's like no more fun boys get your head <laughs> in the middle of a rock get your head in the middle of a mall hit someone hard and make the first tackle really hard whereas they've probably grown up on the beach playing it you know how they always talk about that how they play it's like they all learn totally different skills and then the skill they have to then learn when they like grow up is like how do you do the actual run forwards stick your head in the middle of a rock stick your head in the middle of a mall and all you've done is sort of like laugh and throw the ball around like when we go when we've had the uh, bill and sakura training they just giggle and chuck the ball around and none of us can follow what they're doing. Yeah. And then Sorry, sometimes, sometimes like I remember when Teo and Jules were laughing because if you just jog backwards while they're running at you, they'll drop the ball. They'll lose it eventually. <laughs> the mistake is try to tackle them because then they'll get around you. Yeah, Tyler, I, I couldn't agree with you more there, mate. I mean, I think like if you look at the, the, the Fijians style and the difference like with England, you can. It reminds me of when I first started playing down club rugby down when I was like under twelve, under thirteens, and you just have cone upon cone. Right, just run there, hit a bag. You do this, you do this. There's no like um, thinking, and it's just like right. It's just drill, 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 drill. Whereas like when you see the Fijians play, it, you kind of could, you could, if someone could superimpose the green pitch to a, a beach, you could actually think you they were on a beach. So and that's probably how they've grown up. Do you know what I mean? They've, they've got the ball, and it's like I think. I think actually the reason why they are like they are might be something to do with, you know, their mentality, dare I say, of them just having fun. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just, I dare say that word mentality now, but anyway, um, but yeah, they, they, they look like they're having fun. And that's what I, that's what, that's what I keep trying to coach to my kids. Like I've said before, it's all about having fun because you loosen up, don't you? You loosen up. And like you said, really good observation about going lateral instead of, you don't always have to be going forward in rugby. As long as you keep the ball, someone else can then hit the, hit, hit, hit a, a straight line as soon as you, you try and move that defence around. So, good, um, good observations, Tom. You, 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 you're, uh, you're impressing me more and more. I'm telling you, the more you get to know him, the more you listen to him, the more sense he makes. It's, it's, it's all right. Really can, I just, can I just hop in there? Because there's three things that are happening at this World Cup that I called about six months ago. One is the fact that we might end up with Ford, Farrell, and Smith on the pitch at the same time. I definitely called Smith playing 15 ages ago. And I got rinsed on the group chat when I said I would have Smith at 15. Bang, yeah. Smith has started playing 15. Everyone's yeah. raving about how he comes on, carves up. Been saying that for ages. So, like, Freddie you know, Stewart, Stewart, yeah. Yeah. Called that ages ago as well. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Right. Clever, Adam. Clever. So, have you got any What's the other two? Yeah. I can't remember the other two. So what do you? I know I'm going to happen. Tell us now. That's going to happen in this World Cup. No idea. <laughs> after uh, all I'm, that, after uh, all that, it's when I spot something, I'll let you know. You'll 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 find it on the chat. And what'll happen is everyone will laugh at me and think I'm a moron. Well, and then it'll come true. The mm. other thing Tom said, I think Jonesy, you were there for this one. Was when we were talking about having eight forward no nine forwards 
yeah. instead of South Africa. What are yeah, they doing? Like hybrid players and just going, it doesn't matter where you play, you know, just have, just like get your best players on the pitch or just get your players to play to a game plan. South Africa, I've gone for a 7-1 against Ireland yeah. with two back rows on the bench to cover hooker. I, yeah, I, I can't, couldn't agree more. And and I like that was exactly the same. I I I pretty much like everybody who listens to this hates Tom to start with. And what is this guy on about? What's he talking <laughs> about? He's just madness. But then when I started to think about it, and it sank in. I'm like, you know what? That's that actually crazy. It, it's so crazy, but it might just work. It, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like it's it, it's so true because like, like you've always said, Tom, it's like they're rugby players. They're paid to play rugby. They should be able to catch and pass the ball and run hard and do their tackles. So put them anywhere. All you need is one decent player. Who's the ten? I think you said you said you could have just a, t- a one ten and then rest forwards, and that would that would work. And I, you know what? <laughs> South Africa are kind of doing that, aren't they? Like you said, Jack. But if you look at France, Dante and um, what's the other one? The other centre with Dante Vicky. Don't really see what they do in attack that a flanker doesn't do in attack. Yeah. But what do they do in defense that most other centers don't do? They turn over ball. Yeah. Yeah. France essentially are DuPont to attack, Jalibert or Untermack to attack. Then you've got two just ball carriers and a bit of passing skill, which basically is a flanker. And then you've got Peno and you've got Ramos that just start attacks all the time. Like their fullback is on the pitch to start an attack. It's the same with South Africa. It's the same with New Zealand. It's Australia. I don't have a clue what they're doing. But I, don't ask me about Australia. But, well, Eddie, like Eddie Jones, a few years ago, remember when he was like, "Oh yeah, I might put Jack Nola in the back row, or whatever." And he was talking about hybrid players, and everyone was saying he was he was an idiot, or like it was he was just trying to wind everyone up. But I think, I think it's coming. I think it's true. You see someone like when we had just, an, we had about six back rows you could get in the team, like a Sam Simmons or a Ben Earl or someone. I was, you know, and we've said on this pod before, we said, and we had zero 12s and we had that many back rowers. Why can't you just stick one of them at 12? Surely it's not that hard. It's like, I remember when England went out and we had the Sam Burgess thing and everyone was like raging about Sam Burgess. I was for that. I was totally for having Sam Burgess. I right. think he was just underused. He carries yeah. the ball so much in league. Make him carry that much in union, it would have been a game changer. But what you do is you take a talent and you make them fit the like the rules of rugby union, like what we all accept. The 10 does this, the 12 does this, the 13 does this, the 7 does this. They never take a talent and go, how do we just use that? Like, yeah. You're giving me Sam Burgess. That's that's a gift. Yeah. Like, I saw one. Use him. I saw an interview with Sam Burgess recently, actually, and he he was talking about like what was going on, and he was kind of like a scapegoat for why England played bad at that that period. I think it was the World Cup or something, wasn't it? And uh, he said the statistics came out. If you look back, that England were never in a losing; they were, were always in front in terms of points on the, on that particular match when he was on the pitch. The only yeah. time it didn't happen was when he came on with like fifteen minutes to go, and there was like seventeen points down. So, and he was like. Well, you can say what you want, but the facts are the facts. You know, we see, yeah, but um, yeah. I, I, and also, he learned, he, because he broke his, he fractured his cheekbone. So he started, he didn't start in September. I think he started in December playing rugby. So he went in 
from December till the next September in the World Cup, he had, what, nine months? And he learned 12 and six and played six in a premiership final and played 12 in international rugby and did okay. It yeah. can't be that hard. I don't understand why you, we can't. What's the difference between Dante and Earl in terms of their f- skill set, in terms of their physicality? I don't think there's that much difference between them. Dante's actually heavier. Yeah. I don't know, Adam. Like, well, you, I don't like, actually, we should ask you this because you've played 12 yeah, and you've played eight. Like, you're kind eight. of a hybrid. Like, you've done them both. Like, what, what's your opinion? I, I'm, I'm coming around to the idea. I mean, um, What's my opinion on the the topic of people can play anywhere? In, no, like uh, when you like, so you've played twelve. If I've yeah, understood right, you've always played twelve, and then you had a period playing eight. Yeah, for like Norway, and did, did you play eight for Stavanger as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like, what what was like the diff? Like when you were playing, what was the differences? What did you yeah. just feel like the big difference was? The difference was I liked I liked playing eight because I could decide when I wanted to get the ball. Like with the with the patterns we play, like you you get in a pod, and I can just make myself available and go right. I fancy a run now. I can do it. Whereas when you play twelve, you kind of at the mercy. The the, the pack have got to win you the ball first. So you could have a, a a move which you've been practicing in training, and then you're doing it off a line out. But we don't win the line out, or the ball isn't good enough, and it goes down, and then we have to pick and go. So the that that move's gone. So you get a lot more opportunities to to smash up at eight than you do at twelve, and you get like possibly. You know, if I get four or five good runs at 12 in a game, I'm busy. Whereas at eight, I'd be doing 20 to 25 carries because I can just go and put myself up at point and just have a hit up. Um, but in terms of the skill set, it's not that different. It's actually not that different at all because um, I think you need you need a, a, a bit more you need a bit more speed and speed and power when you need it in in 12. But you need a lot more sort of like cardio for eight. Uh, and and probably be a bit bigger, which that, that's what that's what the difficult side of it is. But I think now having played both, I don't and the way that I play twelve, the way they use me as a twelve is very similar to how an eight runs anyway. So I think it's like it plays into what we're talking about. You could have forwards in the centres, ideally if you've got a decent uh, fifteen or a tw- or ten that can give it out to the finishes. You know what I mean? So I've watched you play for Norway a couple of times. My question should be, do you feel like you do enough when you play 12? And I know I know you're like so reliant on the 10 and the pack to get you the ball, but do you feel like, do you come off the pitch and get, oh, I'm knackered now? Or do you feel like I, I could have got the ball more? I, I, I've not had the opportunity to really like go and play. Like, It's, it's a difficult question because sometimes you come off and you're knackered because you've been defending loads and you're putting in yeah. a lot of hit and you know the, the, the forwards might be running down your channel or you've got to cover the, the 13, or you've got to do a lot of chasing back because of kicks and stuff like that. So it's a difficult question, but if we're just talking from an attack point of view... Yeah, lot, that... yeah, from an attack point of view, there's a lot of times where I've kind of felt I could have get, I could, I wanted the ball more. Well, everyone wants the ball more, don't they? Do you know what I mean? But like there is, there's been a number of times, but saying that, you've just got to do what you've got to do on the, on the day. Ding, cliche. Um, yeah. Because it, it's, it's, like, it's like going back to our game against Sargana on... Um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a plan in, in mind, uh, and I was going to be doing a certain uh, running in a di- slightly different way and trying to expand our game. But then the, it was pissing it down, and it was well, it wasn't pissing it down, but the pitch was rubbish and it was very wet. So we had to change it completely. Which then I had probably like two runs in the whole game, 
Um, so, you know what I mean? So, but, but it was for the good of the team. So I've got to do that. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes, even though you feel like you could have given more, it wasn't for the good of the unit thing. Another cliche. But yeah. But you could swap, like, you could, you could swap it out, couldn't you? Like, if you say you're not doing a lot of 12, or, you know, even in professional rugby, if, if, if Manny Tuolangi takes the ball, what, like two times a game or something? Because they never mm. give it to him at 12. But when he played against Argentina, he played more as a back rower and got the ball way more and made more ground. Just because you there's 12 on the back of your shirt doesn't mean you can't join a pod or doesn't mean you can't yeah. swap, with, swap with the eight for like 15, 20 minutes or until the next scrum or whatever and, and yeah. mix it up like that. You know, like Tom said, what do rugby players do all week? Yeah. They're not, well, you know, I mean, actually, yeah, it's funny to say that because it, it got towards, if you look back at the Andorra game, it got towards like the last 15 minutes and I felt like I hadn't really had a run. So I just did, I did exactly what you said, Jack. I was just put my hand up as a pod and just got a few more runs under under my belt sort of thing. And that's what you can do. But you, you, yeah, I mean, that everyone should go hunting for the ball um, and, and want to get on that ball more. But um, yeah, this, 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 yeah. And in professional rugby, if you're a 12, you're going to be 100 kilos, aren't you? Let's be honest. You're going to be, what, six, six foot, six two. You're going to be 100 kilos plus if you're a big, if you're a craft ball 12 in international rugby or professional rugby. I mean, you're the same. I reckon that their weight training is the same as a back rower. You know, they they, they probably lift the same numbers. They do, they're very similar shapes yeah. and they've got very similar skills. I just don't understand why we're so rigid, like Tom says, you're so rigid in, you're a back, you're a forward. That's your number. You can only play 12 or 30. You know what I mean? It's just, um, seems a bit counterproductive. I think, um, sorry. Oh, I was just going to go back to your point, Adam, about the, like, getting the ball. Like, what I've noticed, like, a massive difference between rugby and football is, is the good of the unit, as you would say, is about everyone accepting their place in the team in rugby and doing their job that's been told to them to do. The good, like, if you've got a good player on a football team, he needs to have the ball all the time. That's good for the unit, like to use his talent to the best of like his ability all the time. That's for the good of the unit. Like, there's no point having Messi on your team and then expecting him to behave and do what's like good for the unit in rugby terms and hold in position. He needs to get the ball all the time, and everyone else needs to work for him to get him the ball. Because that's best for the unit, actually, is you do have a couple of selfish players. So I'm thinking, like, in rugby, like, why... Just take, take an example. I run the perfect line and everything, and I go into... And I'm inside, or whatever my position is, I run the perfect line, I do technically what's right for the team. Do you want me running that, or do you want you running that? You want you running that line because you're bigger, stronger, harder to tackle, everything. You don't want me doing that. But I feel like in rugby people just do what they're meant to be doing rather than thinking like, well, who is the best person for this? Give it to them. They need yeah. to be more. I feel like some the top players in the team, like the top five players in the team needs to be more arrogant. You need to stop let it, like stop seeing it such as a team sport where it's like labor is equally divided and say, actually, you're rubbish. Just stand over there and let me do this because yeah, you can do it and it's your job. But even though I, I can do your job better than you, even though I'm playing a different position. So just move over, mate. Yeah, but if I give you the scenario then, so for instance, the example you've 
um, if someone was running a hard line, say it was me running a hard line, but they've got a really good seven uh, and, a, and, a, and a 10 and a 12 who are really good tacklers. Okay, I might be the best one at running that line, but is that the, is that going to be, it's going to be negated. So then we have to think about doing something else and maybe use me as a dummy, suck them in because that then is then nullified. So, you, you know, because it, it, it's very difficult to make the comparison with football because having yeah. one amazing player in football can change a game. Having one amazing rugby player can't change a game as much as it does in football. Because I think we had, no, because we had, we had the Honey Badger play for us with Stranger in one of the finals once. And he was only on for 10 minutes. And in that 10 minutes, we actually lost 7 0. Uh, because yeah. everyone, everyone was after him. Everyone identified that he's going to be a threat. So then they're on him. So as soon as, as, soon as a decent player pops up, it, a good defensive, like, right, someone shut him down, right, with two man tackling that guy. And I would take him out of the game. And then that's why you've got that's because rugby's a bit more like a, a game of chess. Okay, so that's not working now. Let's try this. We've got these other options. Let's use that as a dummy. Let's go around the back. Let's go out wide where they're weaker. Or hang on, their wingers aren't, aren't catching the ball or it's 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 raining. Let's put some balls up. You know, it's it's a very difficult to compare it completely. But I understand what you're saying. Get the best players the ball more. If But you've got to test it out first. You've got to get the ball, ball into your best players and with your game plan, test it out. And if it doesn't work in the first couple of times, you've got to go back to the drawing board thing. Yeah, I get yeah. That, that's like I, I understand that point. My point on the other side as a counter would be when we had Johnson, Johnson would probably be tactically best used out wide as like one of the flankers who stays out wide because he's so fast, so powerful, and he'll destroy you. If you've got a Mark Johnson and you've got a, a, a wing and a genuine winger outside him, he'd be terrifying. If we as a team can like technically have the ability to exploit that, however. He'll probably get loads less touches of the ball doing that. However, he would look amazing when he got the ball. However, 99% of the time when we play rugby, if I was asked in any position on the pitch, if you gave me the choice, who's got the ball now? You can pick one player. 99% of the time, I'd say I'd want Johnston on the ball there. Hmm. No matter whether it's a, a, a defence that's going to negate us, I still want Johnston to carry it in because where he'd make half of me to where I'd lose four. Yeah, but the thing is, we know. Yeah, but when when we come up against you, we know we're just going to put our best tackler on Johnson and put him out of the game. So we're just going to go, yeah, baby, your man marking Johnson. Then you'll you'll get yeah, but that out the, out the window, isn't it? Not really, because we've taken out your best defender. Not yet. If anything, it's just a draw. Yeah. So then then you have to go back to the drawing board and think about other ways but of getting around. Nick Seby, if he's just there to negate Johnson, he has to be right a hundred percent of the time. Because if he's wrong once, Johnson's through. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't track him once and Johnson's free, he's through because Johnson's on the attack and Nick Sabia's on the defence. Yeah, so that's, that's such a massive good. advantage to us. Yeah. If everyone else was equal, like obviously yeah. in this scenario, not everyone else is equal, but all else equal, if yeah. that was your tactic to stop Johnson was to put your best defender on him, that would be mm-hmm. advantageous. But that, that's because, why you want your best. That's why you want your best players, isn't it? Because then, if you have got, you say, say Johnson and Nick Xavier out, you know, I'll be out our best defender and your best attacker. We've we've got other players who are ju- who are just as good. So you want to have other other options. You know what I mean? Who do other, yeah, who, yeah. You don't want to just have one. No, I mean, I I can see where both of you are coming from. Um, my my point. I think is... there's. I think there's. Sorry, Tom. I think there's. It's somewhere in the middle of. You don't just rely on one player, but you have to give you have to do things 
as a team that makes your players that plays to the, the strengths of your players rather than trying to squeeze your players into a system that they should have to fit into, which I think is what Tom Tom is saying in rugby. Say, for example, let's go back to England and Tom, you know, the Oracle, Marcus Smith at fullback, or even Marcus Smith at fly off doesn't suit his strengths because the plan's so rigid. And that's a thing in rugby of a lot of this stuff. And I think that's why people love Fiji is because they just play. Um, I know they've got a bit more structure now because of the set piece and everything that's making them a better team and able to win more, but they just play what's in front of them rather than, like you said, Adam, you know, as a 12-year-old, your coach to like run at the cone rather than just play rugby and do what you're good at. You you know, you try and do what a 12 should do, which is this, 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 this. But if you're actually really good at something, you should do that instead. I think the difference between Fiji and other teams is Fiji need enough structure to not lose because of their structure. But they don't need structure to win the game. They can rely on players breaking tackles, players stepping someone in space, individual brilliance to win in the game, but they need enough structure to make sure they don't lose the game because of structure. Whereas I feel like England feel we don't have those players, therefore our structure has to be what's going to win us the game is our structure and our discipline and our this and our that and as working as a unit. Whereas I think Fiji are like, we just need you to be a unit enough so that we don't lose the game. Yeah. Because at some point, Nafawelu, Tuisova, all the other names that I can't really pronounce, they're going to do something. Botti is going to get you the turnover when you need it. Like they have individual brilliance and they're all going to be brilliant individually, but they just need enough structure. Whereas other teams like Wales, England, their structure has to be unbelievable to win a game because they don't trust that they've got they don't trust Marcus Smith to like just create that chance. They're like, no, we need the structures to create that chance for you. Marcus Smith, this is your job. Go outside of yeah. that and no one knows what to do. Well, that's a culture thing, isn't it? Because we do have those players. Like Marcus Smith could do that, but he's just never been... And he does do it when he plays well, club rugby, but he's just never been given the opportunity to do it. So I don't know whether that's... It's like a bit of a chicken and the egg, isn't it? Is it the structure that makes the players... You not trust the players or is it the players that make you have to have the structure it's an yeah, interesting one yeah like well, for me it kind of feels like the coach needs to have control so that's why he's, he doesn't trust everyone innately whereas i think the culture in fiji is basically like this is what we do we play happy everybody's familiar with each other everyone knows what what the people are capable of ball carrier will have options and he might do something himself you know what i mean it's it's, it's very simple it, but they've just got that freedom to just right have a go you know what i mean whereas in a lot of other co- countries it's just right, we are route one with this. This is what we do. And then we go here, you know, it's like. But I wonder if it's a, I wonder if it's actually like, we see it as a freedom that they, they have the ability to have a go. Like you're free to like take on a defense. Whereas I think it's actually an expectation of them. It's like, we're going to put just enough structure in place, but you've got to be brilliant. You've got to beat your man one-on-one. Otherwise you failed. Whereas in England, we'd be like, well, it's fine for you to be tackled there as long as you don't lose the ball. Whereas I think that's where their desperation to offload comes from. It's like, we have to score now. This is my, like, I'm on the pitch to create a chance to score. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that happens. Whereas, it, like, I, like in when I was growing up, if I made a break, it'd be, it wouldn't be do whatever you can to finish that break, Tom. It would be wait for support, 
And like looking back, that seems like such an embarrassing attitude to have. I've just made a line break. Yeah. I should be trying to score. Like yeah. if I was on the counter-attacking football, I would never stop. That's not my job. My job is now, it's like, this is the chance to score. You've got to finish it. Whereas yeah. this whole wait for support stuff in rugby is kind of bizarre. Like, okay. from, from my opinion now, I think, like, I don't think the Fijians are there waiting for support. The expectation is the support will, the support will be there. They're trying to score when they break. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think we could talk about this to the cows come home, and we probably, uh, and we probably will in the future come back to this, especially when South Africa monster everyone in the World Cup by playing 10 forwards uh, in the World Cup final, and then, uh, and then we'll come back to that. But, I think if we go back to to Oracle Tom saying Marcus Smith is playing fullback and we go back to the England-Japan game, let's, I mean, the game was the game. I guess we, you know, there's a lot of other people who talk about England and talk about the the rugby. Um, but I just wanted to, at the end of the game, the uh, Himeno, the captain of, of Japan, gave Courtney Laws a samurai sword uh, as like a as a gesture from one country to another and we've seen it in the warm-up games with Australia and New Zealand Australia I think gave a boomerang to New Zealand New Zealand give some other Maori stuff over to Australia so it, it seems like certain countries have started giving presents to each other to um, signify you know their culture as a home nation England Wales Scotland Ireland what would you give to say we played Fiji or or or, or an Australia or New Zealand that is a sign of respect, or you know not a sign of respect? What would you give as as a home nation to to Australia? I think if if, if, if from an English point of view, I'd give them a big massive Yorkshire pudding, <laughs> full of gravy and sausage. Can you imagine that? Just like walking on with what on a plate or just in your hand? Just in the hand. No, one of those big ones where you, you it's it's huge and it's like a plate. And then the, the sausage and mash and, and, and gravies inside it. And just give them that. Just deal with that now. <laughs> <laughs> if I was well I think the Welsh this Welsh team as well, and just the Welsh in general, I reckon they should give them a give them a sunbed. <laughs> Wheel out of Wheel out a big sunbed and just just give them that. I think the Irish should give them their players back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> so, so Scotland, Scotland should give out. Uh, I'm going to go with the food theme again, but I think the Scotland should give them a battered Mars bar. Oh, a deep fried Mars bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, yeah. No, we could, and yeah, let's. I mean, we've we've come up with a few, but if you if you're listening, what would you give as as a home nation? What present would you give out? Would you give out to the Japanese if you played Japan? What would you give as a sign of respect, or you know, not as a sign of respect to to sum up the culture, the culture of it? What would Norway? What would you do in the next Norway game, mate? When you go out, when you go over to Latvia, what are you going to take over with you to give to them as a present? Um, some social awkwardness. <laughs> some space yeah some social yeah, yeah. just give yeah. them a give them like a pint of oil of like crude oil I, I, I love that uh, that saying when the COVID was over and they said oh 
the Norwegians are so glad about the two the two meter rule's been abolished, so they can go back to the six meter rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, but I don't yeah. think. What would we give them? Uh, I'll have a think about yeah. that. Come back. Yeah, if anyone's got any, if anyone's got any more ideas, we'll we'll read about it on the next pod. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of the games, there wasn't there wasn't too many sort of great games this week. There's quite a lot of blowouts, um, which in one ways isn't great, but in other ways is good if you're into fantasy rugby because there was some big points scored this weekend. And I know in the waist high league we've got is it 44, 45 guys in the league? Still yeah. time, still room for for more people if anyone's listening on the pod and wants to wants to get involved. But I think someone on the pod was top of the top of the pile this week, top of the tree. And was that you, Jack? Was that yeah, you, mate? Oh, it was you? This is good. This, this pod should be called the one about Jack. He's been at his national team uh, call up potentially, and now he's like top of the of the fantasy. That was know, good. Yeah. There's some uh, there's some interesting names there as well, and there's a couple of people um, I think they should uh, send in and and identify themselves. Um, I know no arms, no foul is Tom Scott from Stavanger, and he's been doing pretty well. He always does well in our Six Nations one, and I'm my, my aim is to try and beat him as always. Adam, huh? Adam, I'm not interested in who's doing well. Who's at the bottom? Shout them out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kick them out. We should have we should do it the, the completely different audio podcast. Whoever comes bottom, we kick out the league. <laughs> Why every week? Yeah. Yeah, every week. Should be like last man standing league. Well, currently, it's the guy from Vik, um, Eldar or Sognol. It's Isaac Homodol is at very firm bottom at the moment with 346. I got him out. Get him gone. Pres- Get him gone. Presiden- you mean presidential candidate Isaac? Yes. Oh, yes. God, I'm not voting for him if he comes last, if he carries on like that. Yeah. Get him out. Get him out. I don't want to kick him out now, Adam. He's obviously got a lot. He's obviously got a lot on his plate, so he isn't he isn't um uh paying attention too much. Well then followed up by number forty three is Flying Celestian. So I don't anyone any idea who that is? No idea. I hope he can go as well. Or she. Yeah. If you are if you are listening, Flying Celestian, please get in touch. Let us know who you are. Celestland. Wherever you are. Get in touch and explain yourself as to why you're doing so, so badly. And also, similarly, the people at the top of the grid um, are obviously single and have got all the time on their hands or are newly married and they've got not getting anything in the bedroom. So they're obviously just spending their nights just looking and searching, probably with spreadsheets and graphs and stuff to see who can get the most points. Um, but yeah, there was... Um, it's, 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 it's looking quite good, but it's, it's, it's interesting because like... I, before that last game that's just been played tonight, I was like in fifth, but obviously some people have put some things in. It's quite, I, I really enjoy the fantasy because the games which you're not, you're not really interested in because it's not a team and you're really bothered watching. If you've got a player from their team, it always makes it a bit more interesting. So I'd urge people to get involved. Um, it's, it's, it's good fun. There's some other uh, sinless fungus at number 12 at the moment. <laughs> who, who is, who is sinless? Explain yourself, sinless fungus. Uh, Obviously, he sounds like a fun guy, Dean. Um, <laughs> we've got a uh, Ed Platts. He sounds like a knob. Um, Where's he? He Ed is currently 16. Uh, oh, then we've got another, another another one, Shovel Hands. That could be anybody in the Blinden team. Uh, 
Then we got uh, who else have we got? Uh some interest. Jadent. 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 Or oh, that could be Jadent T. Come on, if you if you you've got to send us in. Anybody that's in this league, please drop us a line and identify yourselves. And if you don't want to, then uh, you've obviously got something to hide, which we don't want you part of it of it anyway. But give us give drop us a line. Get tell us what your tactics might be. I personally this week just stacked my team with uh, New Zealand and South Africa because they were playing against Romania and Namibia. So, but uh, what was yeah, your what was that's... your success, Jack? What, what what did you did you stack your team with? I chucked a load of key. I put both the New Zealand wingers and D Mac and Kovas Reinach in. That was basically all my points. Just came from those four. So uh, yeah, anyone who's playing Namibia or Romania, I think, is a decent shout. And France have gone full noise this week against Remain uh, against Namibia. So uh, chuck chuck some Frenchies in, I'd say, because yeah. they yeah they've gone they've gone proper they've gone hard against Namibia. Poor guys, poor lads. Well, poor um, lads. well, you're you're in a good position, Jack, because you're second at the moment, but you've had no players tonight. Well, the bloke above you, Angus, Angus Seven. Anyone know who that is? Yeah, he's in Blender and yeah, Angus, yeah. Yeah, so Angus Seven, he's already played three players. So you've got like another 15 players to come. So I think you might be able to overtake him this week, mate. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. This, uh, it's only the second round. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's it's great to have so many so many lads in the league. Um, makes it really makes it really interesting. And uh, yeah, there will be there will be a I think Ed said there will be a prize for the winner, unless it's me, um, and then there won't be a prize. But um, we will call out the shit ones as well. So make sure you're not at the bottom because you'll get called out. Um, Isaac. Right. Isaac, yeah, sort your life out, mate. Stop being, <laughs> stop doing so much good bureaucracy in Norwegian sport and get on your fantasy team. Right, games this week. Well, I mean, we've just had one just now, Italy-Uruguay, which was good game until about... 60 minutes um and then and then it kind of Italy kind of pulled away with it but what what games have we got I mean the big one is South Africa Ireland isn't it with South Africa taking the piss and just throwing forwards all over the pitch uh like we said before but um how do you reckon that one's gonna go well, I think it's got to go one or two ways it's either going to be a stalemate and absolutely boring as anything or it's going to go the other way it's going to be end when fortune <laughs> I thought you were going to go. It's going to go one or two ways. Either South Africa are going to win or Ireland are going to win. <laughs> uh, they do the Michael Oisms again, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that, that's when you see these big games. That's you know that's what all I think. So when it comes to fantasy, I'm probably just going to put some of those players in that are probably going to make lots of tackles and get some points that way. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? Hey, don't know. Don't know. See, South Africa. Yeah. See how sad and unhappy he sounded in that answer, guys. It's because he's not part of the fantasy team. He hasn't got a fantasy in his life, you know? I can't be bothered to find out who's good for Chile. Just, I just don't have the energy to work out who plays for Uruguay. doesn't matter. You just, like, you just pick random players who've got fun names and then you just... Whoever's cheap and then put some really expensive ones in and then just fill cheap ones around them. Yeah, true. Um... <laughs> We've got Wales Australia. That's going to be huge for the group. I think that's the big game. If Wales win this, Australia are basically out. If Australia win this, it's on. It's absolutely on. This is going to be an amazing last few rounds. What do we? What do we think? Australia can't 
I mean, Wales haven't been great either, have they? I mean, they kind of squeaked past Fiji, luckily, and then didn't play very well against Portugal. But again, Australia, what what's happening with them? I just Eddie. Hope I hope Wales win because I really, really want Eddie Jones to be found out for that. I just want to see Ed read his book on leadership after Eddie has led Australia out at the group stages of a World Cup. Just you're so negative, oh. mate. You're so negative, mate. You're so negative. <laughs> what do you like that for, mate? I've rang him three times. <laughs> you don't think we can win, mate? Why don't you think we can win? No one thinks we can win, mate. Go give him an uppercut, mate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's always a, it's always a good game, that one. Um, uh, and I hate, I, I really don't know. I couldn't call it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. It'll be good fun to watch that one. As a new yeah, male, so wet. I've got Aussie mates and Welsh mates, so I'll be interested to watch that with them. <laughs> I've got a feeling Australia will win this one. Australia seems to have the wood over Wales, don't they? Mm. Nah, Wales will win. Wales will beat them. In England's group, we've got obviously England Chile, which will be an England win, you'd imagine. But then we've got Argentina Samoa. That'll be a tasty game. Be good. I think Samoa have looked were really impressive in their opening game, and uh, I think they'll fancy this Argentina team. Mm. They've got some absolute weapons in that Samoa team, led by some some good halfbacks. So. That'll be a fun one to watch. Um, and then there's some others. Not great ones. Scotland, Tonga. Mm. Georgia, Portugal. That might be a good game. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, there's there's a couple of headline ones this week and uh, the pools are starting to take shape. So this is going to be... It's going to be an exciting week. But yeah, as I said, if you're not on the fantasy team, get on the fantasy team. We'll put the thing up on Instagram. Um, we didn't get... We didn't have time to talk about Richie's uh, calling out Tom for not doing any fitness in training, so we'll get we'll get onto that next week, so Tom can have his say. And um, yeah, as I said before, keep listening, tell your mates, keep playing rugby, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See you, mate. Bye. <laughs>